millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everybody. My name is Shruti Shikhar. I'm a reporter with Mobile Syrup, and you're listening to Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me, uh, Christine Davi, of course, from the Golden Mail. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. Of course. So we're doing uh, something different this time, right? We're going to yeah. do like a fireside bar chat with beers in hands, except we don't have that. <laughs> water bottles in water, hands. Water bottles in hands. And we're going to be talking about... Not plastic. Not reusable water Reusable. Bottles. Yes. Yes. We're going to be talking about our favorite topic. Yes. Spectrum. <laughs> Spectrum. What a great beer conversation. It's a totally natural thing to talk about in a bar. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, but we're talking about it because Canada is currently undergoing a very important Spectrum auction for the 600 megahertz band. Um, and the last time a Spectrum auction actually took place was in 2015. Am I correct, uh, Christine? Was it? I think so. Are you talking about the 2,500 That's megahertz? The yeah. yeah. They there might have been a residual auction in between. That's but, right. But the, I think the last major one would have was been in, that one. Exactly. Yeah. And um, the reason why it's so you know big is because 600 megahertz spectrum. Uh, can be used for 5G, um, yeah. and that's sort of what everyone is sort of excited about because that's like the next iteration of mobile network technology, but not only for mobile cell phones or rather mobile cell phones. What's a mobile cell phone, Christine? Well, I think at some point, at one point back in the day, you know, they were so big that they probably weren't really mobile. So yeah, um, yeah. So it's not necessarily for cell phones, but. Uh, for bigger things like autonomous vehicles, smart cities, um, and even rural wireless um, broadband internet and all of that good stuff. So we're going to be talking about Spectrum today. We're going to be talking about 5G, what is Spectrum, all of this stuff. And obviously, Christine is going to be here to help me break it all down. Um, And the more exciting thing is that we're going to figure out what Spectrum is. Because this is the day this is the day we solve the riddle. We solve the riddle. Yes. <laughs> what exactly is spectrum? Yes. Um, but let's start off with the 600 um, megahertz spectrums auction that's um, currently happening. Uh, Christine, you said it was your fifth time covering an auction. I think so. I mean, I've been covering. I guess I didn't really cover the 2008 auction. I've been covering telecom since 2013. Okay. And so there's been a couple really big ones mm-hmm. since I've been covering the beat, and and then the 2008 auction. I've you know written about, talked about endlessly mm-hmm. because that was the auction um, that ushered in a, a sort of trio of new entrants mm-hmm. that have now been sold. But they, they were Win Mobile, now Freedom Mobile, and Shaw, and Mobilicity, which Rogers bought, and Public Mobile, which Telus bought. Correct, absolutely, and that was um, a very key one because, as you mentioned, those um, entrants came in, and it 
I guess, quote unquote, at the time was supposed to foster competition. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's an interesting topic altogether. But yeah. we won't get into that right now. But um, so this one obviously is also key because I think you've also written about it that it's it has to do with with 5G. Yeah. Right. And so why is that important? Yeah. So I think the one thing to understand about 5G is it's going to use a mix of different kinds mm-hmm. of spectrum and spectrum see, okay, see, maybe we should back up yeah, to, see, that's to what something, that is yeah like that is something that i didn't even realize so you said that you it you use different spectrums to to utilize 5g like how does that work right so maybe maybe if we back up to what spectrum is sure and the kind of spectrum that we're talking hey about. Guys, we're really guys, <laughs> before we get into this, just grab grab a beer, yeah, or a wine glass or whatever with wine in it, obviously, uh, or juice, whatever you want, and let's break it down. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about what spectrum is. So, the spectrum that we're talking about are the invisible radio waves that are used to carry communication signals, mm-hmm. and it could be things like radio signals or, or broadcast television signals. Um, or also wireless signals, or as you as you mentioned, um, fixed broadband internet mm-hmm. signals. But that's it's part of the electromagnetic spectrum, right. which is a huge range of frequencies that includes those those radio waves. But it also includes things like um, very high frequency X rays, mm-hmm. gamma rays, mm-hmm. things that emit ionizing radiation. Sure. Um, UV rays from the sun are also on the electric uh, electromagnetic spectrum and visible light is also part of the electromagnetic spectrum. All of this is like basically invisible. Yeah. Well, except for the visible light. Right. Of course. Yeah. Apart from that, essentially like these spectrum rays specific to like wireless services or like digital services, et cetera. Like all of that is essentially invisible. So, well, I, I mean, where... Where do we get it from? And I, I probably need to clarify, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> not, neither of us are. We're both um, reporters, but obviously, Christine, but you've... My understanding is your that understanding. it's energy in, that exists in the world, and it, it's sort of generally radiating there. And then um, we use radios and antennas to to send signals over those um, the airwaves that are out there. Mm-hmm. They're naturally out there. Mm-hmm. And so is it... I believe you were saying to me earlier, it's the International Telecommunications Union that is, do they mandate the spectrum or like oversee it? They do a lot of work around um, trying to harmonize the ways that countries around the world use spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, And and every country in the world manages spectrum as a a public resource Mm -hmm. um, to avoid things like interference Mm -hmm. or if, if, Various parties were were all using spectrum for whatever they wanted. Um, then the signals could be interfered with. So why is it that um, the U.S. gets some spectrum before Canada does? I mean, obviously that's that is a question that you can ask on various um, things, right? Yeah. Like the U.S. can have certain um, you know availability of agriculture products or like whatever or trade aspects or whatever you want because they are a superpower they have a stake in all of this they they have the dollar the values up you know etc all of that yeah. but why is it that the u.s gets the spectrum so, first or, or like so it's that not work? that they get it first it's that their government has in a lot of cases i don't 
know in every case, but they have moved to to regulate who can mm-hmm. use different bands of spectrum, typically a bit sooner than we do. We try to coordinate with them. Mm-hmm. There is like public policy in Canada and the United States to generally coordinate because we share a mm-hmm. huge border and you don't want interference. You want to kind of be using the same airwaves for the same purposes. Right. So in the past several years, the US has moved to auction off or allocate spectrum licenses in certain frequencies mm-hmm. a little bit before we have. And it's, it's sort of the fast follower situation we often find ourselves in. If you think about the Canadian telecom industry, there's maybe around 30 million sure. wireless subscribers. Mm-hmm. The US telecom industry has hundreds of millions of subscribers. Exactly, yeah, so that, there's that, like you can't even compare it. There's an ecosystem that's created mm-hmm. by the US that we often follow. Mm-hmm. If um, say Verizon gets a certain kind of spectrum and starts using it for their 4G networks, device makers will make phones that have 4G signals on that spectrum band. And so Canadian <laughs> carriers will probably want to look to use that spectrum in a similar way so that they can take advantage of those devices. Exactly, and, and so that those devices can be can actually come to Canada and Canadians can use that device, but if they don't have the spectrum for it, then they can't use it. And obviously the topic right now is 5G because we're moving in that direction. Yeah. We've been researching it for 10 plus years now, yeah. um, but I think now it's like a lot more, com- like it's more of a reality now than it ever has been in the past. Right. And so, um, you know, I guess that's why we're we're having this conversation of of 600 megahertz. Um, but you were talking about the government for mm-hmm. you know, and I want to step back on that point because obviously the government um, has a stake in this um, when they begin the spectrum auction, which is what I said. The um, Innovation, Science, Economic Development uh, Department has um, put forth. They are the ones in charge of mandating um, the auction and actually organizing it. So are, are they the ones who get the money? Is that how it works? Yeah, I don't believe it's actually I said it. I think it goes into the general revenues oh, okay. of the government. Sure. Um, but yeah, the federal government and gets the revenue. And it's quite a lot of money. I mean, if you look at the AWS auction from 2008, the government yielded $4.2 billion. And then mm-hmm. if you look at the 700 megahertz auction that took place in 2014, they yielded $5.2 billion. And I think you spoke with some analysts and they said that the 600 megahertz auction can yield, was it like three to $4 billion? Uh, no, I think the range um, of estimates that I've seen is uh, 2.3 okay. to 3 billion. Sure. And it's sort of rough. It's Some of the estimates are based on, um, and this may be getting a bit too granular, mm. but, but some smaller companies are eligible for a set aside. So they're able to bid on um, airwaves in their region without having to compete with the big three. Mm. So they're not expected to pay as much. It's it's easier for the analysts to estimate what I see what, what Freedom Mobile and what Quebecor mm. are going to pay because they, they're pretty much not gonna have any competition for what for the airwaves that they mm. wanna buy. Mm-hmm. So they'll probably be able to get them for the opening bid prices. So if we're gonna like tell my grandma yeah. in a bar what the spectrum auction is and how it works, essentially would you say that you know players um, bid for airwaves and then they get it and then <laughs> they can use it essentially? Was that yeah. how it would work? <laughs> yeah, that's a basic 
<laughs> yeah. So I think you you kind of need a PhD in mathematics to okay. I to not get that fully understand the way this auction works. So it's called a combinatorial clock auction. So what you're saying is I need to go get a PhD in mathematics. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I think we can do our best to understand as much as we can. There's elements of this that are are are, are very complicated, but aren't necessary. Mm-hmm. I don't believe to really understand mm-hmm. what's going on from a public policy perspective. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the auction started on Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, March 12th. Mm-hmm. And there's no end date. Because no. they were saying, I mean, I think you were on the call as well. They were saying that so long as there's a demand for it, right. it could go on and on and on. The rounds keep going. Exactly. So previous auctions that have used this combinatorial clock format in Canada have lasted four to five weeks. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's all very mysterious. There's a blackout on any communications to the media or between the companies. Was that the case in previous yeah. auctions? Okay. Yeah. And so you never really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And typically they will let you know when the bidding is wrapped up. And then five days after that, they'll announce the provisional license winners. And this year it's, it's, um, very even, it's even more so key because, um, they've opened up this auction for regional players, correct? Or yeah, is that regional players were involved in all of the previous they were ones all, as okay. well. Yeah. But how is that, uh, how is that different from this time around? Cause I know <laughs> that in the from my reporting or at least from what i've read um i know that shaw has been very vocal about you know wanting the availability of of the 600 megahertz for 5g deployment right um, that sort of stuff how does so how does that work? i think what is important to understand about spectrum is the the different kinds of spectrum that the companies use 600 megahertz is considered low band or low frequency spectrum mm-hmm. and so what me, that means is it it can it has really long radio waves so it travels really far and it can penetrate into buildings like it can penetrate mm. through brick walls mm. and and metal in some cases. Can you can you give me a comparison in terms of like the other type of spectrum sure. that's out there? Yeah, so a few years ago there was a 2500 megahertz auction and that's higher band, higher frequency spectrum. And what that means is the radio waves are are shorter. So they can't travel as far but they actually carry more data. Okay. Um they can't travel as far, and they also are more prone to interference from things like trees or rain mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, what you're saying is that when you have a when you have low frequency and it can travel far, it won't be interfered by trees because it can go. Well, to- it, it it's just it's a stronger signal. Right. Got it. So you might be able to put up a giant tower in a field, and that will that will offer a signal for for several kilometers mm-hmm. when you have lower band frequency. Mm-hmm. So cell cell phone networks are made up of a a mix of different frequencies. So you would have different kinds of cell, different cell towers in different locations. And and for for higher frequency spectrum, you might put your towers closer together to offer more coverage. Basically what you're saying is um, that you know, carriers will use different spectrum for different purposes. Is that how it works? That they they use different spectrum together to create like a, a mesh of coverage. And sure. That's just me kind of coming <laughs> with the word right there. But, and that, that's another thing that's important about 5G is that it's going to involve using at, at even different, even higher frequency spectrums that haven't been used to date for wireless mm-hmm. networks. And that's called millimeter wave spectrum. That's right. And that's, it's called that because the, the radio waves are so short that they mm-hmm. can be measured in millimeters. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kinds of that kind of spectrum carries a lot of da- data, but and that isn't that auction is going to is right. not going to be happening. In- 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's like a couple of years away. 2020, 2021, right? That's right. So, so why is, why is 600 so important? Right. So that's, sorry, to come back to why, why Shaw wanted this spectrum so much. The uh, the incumbents Rogers Bell and Tellus have had, you know, a t- two or three decade head start. They've they've had um, they've had other auctions, and they've also, um, when the industry was first starting, the government actually gave some spectrum away and didn't charge for it. And they do pay yearly license fees for them, but they they have a bunch of different kinds of low band spectrum already. Like they and and they already have that. Uh, uh, yeah, like they've that, had that in their network for years. Yeah, like they they're sort of in ahead of the game in front of everyone else. Right. I mean, and Shaw has only um, well, Freedom Mobile has only been in operation for less than a decade. Mm-hmm. They started by um, buying AWS Spectrum, which is mid-frequency spectrum mm-hmm. in 2008. And then they did, I, I believe that they've they've got some 700 megahertz spectrum. I can't remember if they got it in the auction. I think they got it afterwards. Um, and so they they have some some low band spectrum, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. So they they really need low band spectrum to help um, improve their coverage, like mm-hmm. long range coverage in their network, and so that they can go into perhaps other cities and other locations, yeah. and even in rural parts of Canada, for yeah. example, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, with that, it's not just Shaw, right? Like there's Videotron, and then there's Explornet, there's um, SaskTel, excuse me. Um, there's also Iris Technologies, um, and then there's also Brad Communications. Uh, so there's a lot of smaller players that are involved, right? Which yeah. Is interesting. I at least for me, it's it's nice to see that there's this opportunity that's being given um, from the get go, and not not getting like the leftovers, if you say. <laughs> yeah, I mean there there have been set asides in most of the recent auction for smaller players. Um, so you have seen most of these companies being able to get Spectrum at around the opening bid prices and not having to fight each other or fight the big three, which have a, a lot of um, a lot of money to be able to spend on this. So how and and how does that work in terms of the actual auction? So you know these players they uh, and it, I said was very specific. Like they they aren't able to bid on the specific Spectrum that's been set aside for the regional players. So. Right. I, it almost looks like there's two different auctions that are taking place. Well, so the regional players would still be eligible to bid on the non-set-aside spectrum. Oh, really? Yeah. So they could be competing with the big three for the non-set-aside if they wanted more for whatever reason. Right. Um, and if some of, in some cases, the regional players' um, operating territories would overlap. I, For example, Freedom Mobile and Videotron mm-hmm. both serve the city of Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So they would both probably be vying for the spectrum that covers the city of Ottawa. Right. Um, but yeah, you do make a good point that the big three will pretty much be focusing on um, on the their allocated spectrum. The four basically. there's seven blocks available That's in right. each region. There's yeah. sixteen regions. And the big three are, are eligible to bid on on four of those blocks. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Um and 
going back to the 600 megahertz like the actual spectrum and why it's so valuable because you said earlier in our conversation that the way 5g um, would work would be to use different spectrums right correct? so how would that work with 600 megahertz like i remember when i was listening to telus's um q4 results um, they were basically saying that they were hoping to use 600 megahertz to help deploy um, uh, rural wireless internet services right. in um, in obviously rural parts of Canada. But the way they would do that is they would 75% of their fiber network would be whatever they have right now. And then the rest would be with the 600 megahertz that they receive. And then that would be to basically push out the 5G. Is that how it so what they're saying, I think what they're getting at there is um, 5G is going to offer the opportunity to to provide much faster home internet in some cases. Mm-hmm. Like it can be used that way or it can be used for mobile services. Mm-hmm. So in the United States, you've seen some of the major carriers there actually, instead of building fiber to the home, they're deploying early versions of 5G technology to do fixed wireless to the home even in like suburban and, and in some cases urban areas. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Canada, we've seen Bell in the east and TELUS in the west pretty aggressively investing in fiber to the home, mm-hmm. which is fiber optic cables directly to people's homes to provide pretty fast home internet services. So what TELUS was saying on that call was that it's, it's something that they might look at as they get towards the end of their fiber build and also as the 5G technology improves, that they could use... Uh, 600 megahertz spectrum to deliver fixed wireless to the home in case it probably in cases which are more in suburban or more yeah. at the edge of, of of urban areas yeah and I, I think that's I think that's from my understanding that's what he was trying to say right. which is basically like in areas where you really aren't near a, an, an urban center to pick up on that signal or well it's more that um it becomes a lot more expensive to to build fiber to the oh, home when okay, you're okay. when you get into less densely populated areas mm-hmm. it, it's really expensive to do fiber to the home you know you're, you're digging up um roads or you're having to string fiber fiber optic cables along um hydro poles for example it's it involves getting tons of different permissions um it it, it can cost you know Five hundred to a thousand dollars per home that you pass. Mm-hmm. So if you can put up um, a, a tower and a radio and, and antennas and beam that to people's houses that are nearby, that can be a lot more cost efficient. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, I I don't know how the end of these auctions work or how how it all ends up. Um, and I want to just briefly touch upon that because. I don't want to obviously don't want to spend too much time on it. But so what happens in the end? Do they get they get the spectrum and then they just start deploying it? (laughs) Yeah. So um, they'll they'll announce who the provisional winners are. They have to put down, I think, 20 percent or something like that. It's it's a smaller percentage of it within a few days of the announcement. Mm -hmm. And then within 30 days, I think they have to pay the balance. So then they have the licenses They're, I believe these are 20 year licenses and they have certain deployment requirements. They have Mm -hmm. to deployed to cover a certain amount of the population that the license covers within a certain number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, what What's going to be a factor in this is, is what radios are available that work on the 600 megahertz frequency and what devices are available mm-hmm. that work on that frequency. Mm-hmm. So, and what kind of devices are... So it could be smartphones right. or it could be... Um, you know, home internet products mm-hmm. that work on that's that frequency. I, I feel like that's what I'm hearing a lot more 
instead of cell phones, it's more like for home internet services. Right. I mean, 5G will will offer both of those things. Sure. But yeah. it's again, and going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's not necessarily the case that 5G is for those two things. Like there's, it's like yeah. a lot bigger, right? It's yeah. like autonomous vehicles. It's like low latency and like smart cities, smart cities. sensors on everything, sensors on everything. Yeah. They're going to collect all your data. Spyware. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Um, I and I, I don't want to end this con like I, I I love talking about spectrum because like <laughs> who doesn't <laughs> who doesn't but I, no I mean in all seriousness it, it's a pretty interesting um, thing that humans have figured out to to do with the energy that just naturally exists in the world that's undeniable <laughs> totally um, but what I what I do want to just briefly touch upon as well is um, why there's so much con- like contentious. Is that a word? Contentiousness? I think so. (laughs) Around 5G and in particular Huawei, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, and I I don't want to delve too much into it because we're talking about the spectrum and that's what's more important Mm -hmm. and the auction and all of that. But if, you know, I feel like people would be like, if you're talking about 5G, well, like what's the whole hubbub about Huawei and all of that? And, you know, obviously people need to understand that Huawei is not only a smartphone provider, but they also create the technology or rather the equipment that would help in like these telecom carriers to transfer that yeah spectrum. Yeah, Is I mean, in, how it in Canada, Huawei has a very big business for Canada, mm-hmm. um, selling radio access network equipment known as RAN equipment. Is that is that the towers? So it's it's on the towers. Okay. It's the they call them baseband's, I think, okay. as well as the the radios and antennas that okay. would be at the top of the tower. Right. So that's considered. Um, there's different names for it, but that's considered sort of the edge or the access layer okay, of a network. It. Is that where the energy or rather the spectrum travels through to be able to like connect two things and yeah. all of that? <laughs> yeah, so the spectrum is is traveling between, you know, the radios right. and antennas on, um, on cell towers and it's traveling between um, those and people's phones or the um, equipment on on homes for wireless um, home internet. Um, and in some cases, you know, uh, companies will use microwave spectrum to do sure. backhaul, sure. <laughs> send signals back over large yeah. pieces of land. And then they, they would be um, sent back through the, the core or the backbone of the network. Got it. And so um, obviously Huawei uses or sells that equipment mm-hmm. to, and in particular it would be to Bell and Telus, and they've been yeah. doing that for 3G and 4G, and both companies have not decided whether they're using Huawei as their provider or um, uh, equipment vendor. Vendor, yeah, that was the word I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, when 600 megahertz is available, or rather, when it when the companies get a hold of that spectrum, do they have to create new um, like equipment, or do they have do they have to put in new equipment to be able to use 600 megahertz? Then, yeah. At- in some cases, they might have equipment that that you can already that is that will. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to explain this very well, but that might work with 600 sure. megahertz spectrum. But, but but they would have to make adjustments to their right. current equipment. Or in other cases, they might have to buy new um, new radios or antennas. And so, if you if you can tell me, then like, is there some concern with? The spectrum, because the way you, the way I understand it, it's like it's completely invisible. So why is there a concern with Huawei? Yeah, it's not the spectrum; it's the um, the equipment. It's the five G technology itself. Okay. Um, part of what will 
create the low latency, the faster speeds, the mm. the data capacity in mm-hmm. 5G is um, a decentralization of the core. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> so, dear. I know. <laughs> so, so essentially making it open. This idea that it, the core will be pushed further and further mm-hmm. out to the edge. Mm-hmm. And the core is the sensitive part of the network that holds a lot of the most sensitive information. And that's where Huawei hasn't been permitted in the past. Got it. Got yeah. it. That makes a lot of sense now. That's all we're going to talk about Huawei. Okay. Because <laughs> it's tricky to explain. Very tricky, yeah. yeah. But I think that's something that people need to understand that that's where the situation stems from. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's going to be important for these companies because they need to make some business decisions about procurement and which vendors that they're going to use and what they're going to buy to build 5G. And especially since there are two more auctions that are coming up in 2020 and 2021. And both of those will require new equipment and probably new, you know, vendors coming into the player. I mean, we all already, there is um, Nokia, Ericsson, there's um, Samsung has been making a push into 5G. The Canadian carriers haven't really used it in any large Mm -hmm. scale as far as I understand, Mm -hmm. but Samsung itself is trying to become more of a, a, of a high profile vendor in the, the 5G space. Okay, so I hope you guys understood that. I don't know. Did you do you think they understood that? I don't know. <laughs> I've I've tried to write features on Spectrum so many times in the past and I end up sort of drawing these wacky diagrams and Can we get a hold of these diagrams? Just pulling my hair out. It's re- it's really it's hard to explain, but but I think interesting. It's a it's a very nuanced um topic and Actually, I learned a lot just talking to Great. you, which is good. <laughs> yes, um, but thank you for for coming and talking to me, and um, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And Christine's on Twitter. Her handle is what's your handle? At Christine Dobby. I'm super original in everything I do. Okay. Yeah. You're one of the few that got your full name. And that's yes. awesome. That's yeah. great. Um, and you uh, and you can be read on the Globe and Mail's yep. website, right? That's and, right. Um, but you focus specifically on telecom, correct? Yes, I do. Great. And if you have any Spectrum questions, go Canadian email her. Canadian Telecom. It's a niche. <laughs> go email her. Just, in, just infiltrate her inbox of all the Spectrum questions. I will send you the Wikipedia entry for electromagnetic spectrum. <laughs> just kidding. Um, anyways, thank you so much. And Thanks for having me. That's all we have for you. Thanks a lot. I'm Shruti Shakar from Mobile Syrup. I'm at Shruti underscore Shakar on Twitter. And you can find me at mobilesyrup.com. Bye. Bye. <laughs>Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.